Church, Charlotte. Uh, fought and the Lord was with him. As a young man, um, he had uh, ran and the Lord was with him. As a young man, uh, he had danced and the Lord was with him. As a young man, uh, he had led the battle and the Lord was with him. He's at a stage right now of his life, though, that is not as easy to run as it used to be. It's a long road to worship. It's good. You see, he is no longer at the stage of leading someone dancing before the ark, celebrating the presence of God. God's still with him. What are you doing now, David? You're not strumming a harp. I look at you and you have sat down in my presence. All those of you who have served God a few years, oh, my brother, my sister, you need to learn how to sit down in the presence of God and say, I have been so res- uh, such a recipient of your blessing in my life, oh God. It's going to take me a little while to just consider what you have done in my life. And the Bible says David goes in and he sits down before the Lord. And uh, there are three things that he catches. Now, the Lord has already told him. We read those scriptures together. And there are three things that he says back to the Lord as though telling the Lord, I heard you. Number one, you brought me from a mighty long way. The Lord said, I brought you from a sheepfold. David is going to say here in verse number 18, who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? This is a foundation for worship right here. You see, uh, worship is not going to be the move of the moment. Worship is going to be the covenant of your life. Worship is not going to be the high note or the fast rhythm. Worship is going to be the intimate integration of God's presence in the temple of your heart. So I want to establish this, Lord. I heard you. You've brought me from a mighty, mighty long way. I want to say to all of you who are maybe a little bit struggling with thanksgiving in your life, I want to say this to you. God's brought you from a mighty long way. Uh, it's not just us that this is true of. You'll find this theme over and over in the scripture. Ephesians 2 and 13, Paul makes an appeal and reminds everybody, says, look, I want you guys to know you were once afar off, but now you've been brought near by the goodness of God. Peter writes in a second letter, he says, look, God has moved you from darkness into his marvelous light. I, I want to say this to everyone here today. God's brought you from a mighty long way. Um, you see, I, I want you to see the second thing David echoes back to the Lord. It's as though he says, I hear you, Lord. I get it. I'm not, not up in here playing church, you know, just trying to go through emotions. I get it. I want you to know I hear you. And the second thing is this, what God has done for you, how hard God has worked on your behalf. Uh, he says, verse number 19, that, um, uh, or verse number, uh, starting at verse number 19, all the way down through verse number, let's see, verse number 23, you, 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 you hear David saying, look, you have done all of verse 21. You have done all of these things to make your servant know them. And it's not just you. It's not just me. God has done so much for all of us. There's nothing impossible for God. Let me say that to you as a strengthening in your spirit. There's nothing impossible for God. You need to say that in your quiet times. You need to sit down in the presence of God and say there's nothing 
nothing impossible for God. There's nothing. I know about that and the other and so and so and yes and I, there's nothing too hard for God. And so I sit in the presence of God. And first of all, I want to acknowledge how far you have brought me, oh Lord. You didn't just bring me a little while. You brought me a long way to have this worship service. How many times has the enemy thought he had you, and yet here you are in the house of God? The goodness of God has brought you a long way for this worship service here today. You were tempted, you were tried, you were weighed, weighed in the balance, you were tested by fire, you were tested by sickness, you were tested by despair, and look at you in the house of God. God's brought you a long way for this worship service, and God has done a lot for you. And David reflects that back to the Lord. Uh, uh, you've done so much for me. He's not just done that which seems impossible. I want you to be reminded nothing is too small for the Lord. As your faith is, that is the level at which he uh, makes it known to you. Not only that, he knows every need you have. Why don't you talk to your need and tell your need about your God? He knows every need that you have. And he desires to make his work in your life known to you. We read 21 together. David says, for your word's sake and according to your heart, you have done all of these great things to make your servant know them. I know you hurt, but God turned it into testimony. I, I know you wept, but God saved those tears. Yeah. <laughs> and I want you to, having journeyed this long way to this worship service, I want you to sit down in the presence of God, and I want you to say, all right, Lord, here am I. And I, I want to say, first of all, you brought me from a mighty long way, and secondly, you've done so much for me, I cannot tell it all. And here's the third thing, and I, I want, oh, this ministers to me so much, I, I hope you get it, I hope I can convey it in the right way. David then, the third thing he has. Uh, sitting before the Lord is uh, this. God, you have made me so safe. How safe you have made me. Verse number 24. For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant, concerning his house, establish it forever and do as you have said. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel. Let the house of your servant David be established before you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel. Uh, you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore, your servant has found in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O oh Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this good goodness to your servant. Therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. Let me just say this. I'm going to finish that, but let me just say this. Um, David realizes that everything that God has done from him, and the Lord tells him, I, I, have, I have separated your enemies from you. I have protected you. I have given you your own place. You are not a pilgrim in this land of promise. You are 
here as a covenant promised land. It is yours, and I will build your house for my glory, and I will make you to know that I have done it. Let me, let me try to be real here. Um, if we live with the same sense of fear as unbelievers, then we have failed at a life of faith. We have to tell our fear that God has made us safe. Um, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I'm so good at fear. I'm like a fear ninja. I can, I can, I, I can, I can be afraid of stuff, and you don't even know I'm afraid of stuff. You know, I, mean, I, I just blend in with the shadow. I'm like, I, I, maybe you're that, that way. I can wake up in the middle of the night afraid about dumb stuff, have zero control over it, very low probability of happening, but I'll wake up in the middle of the night thinking, maybe we should have done that. You see, even if I'm not careful, I live just like an unbeliever who I think my safety depends on the call of a doctor. I think my safety depends on the markets, the insurance company. No. I'm safe if God says I'm safe. And if God doesn't make me safe, there's nothing a doctor can do. There's nothing an insurance company can do. Let me tell you the difference in what this sounds like. The believer who is really living as an unbeliever, they're always begging God to make them safe, not worshiping God for keeping his promise. I, I've lived that way. And um, I want you to know if you are always begging God to protect you, what you're saying is I didn't believe it when you said you would do it, but I'm hoping to convince you to do it now. Now, I know that's, that's, that's cutting a, a logical knife through it, and I don't want you to feel defeated by that, but I, what, what I want you to see is you need to sound like the Apostle Paul where you consider the possibility of your death, and you say, well, if I live, that's Christ, and if I die, well, that's gain. I feel very safe, but don't go to Jerusalem. Don't put yourself at risk. Well, I'm living in the safety of God's promise, and if good things happen, I'm safe, and if bad things happen, I am safe. Why? This is a life built on faith, not a life of pleading with God for protection. Is this easy? No. Is it the way? Yes. Walk ye in it. So how do I sit down in the presence of God? Now, there's an old preaching uh, illustration. I used it many, many years ago. I heard it used by elders before me about the man with the biggest ranch in the valley, and he was looking for a foreman to run his ranch. And uh, he would interview uh, various um, cowboys who had, you know, the ability to run a ranch, and uh, he would ask and get to know him, and he'd always end with this question, do you know how to sleep on a storm? stormy night. And a lot of people interviewed and they, they were like, well, you know, they, 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 it's hard to sleep on a stormy night. I, I, don't, I, I don't know how to answer that. And he just kept looking and patient. Fine. Do you know how to sleep on a stormy night? Finally, he had an old cowboy come in and he had a lot of experience and interviewed for the job. And a uh, ranch owner said, do you know how to sleep on a stormy night? And the old ranch hand said, uh, actually, I do. And he said, tell me how you sleep on a stormy night. He said, the only way you can sleep on a stormy night is when you know you've done everything there is to do before the storm. 
You can't control everything. You can only control everything you can do. And once you've done what you can do, you might as well sleep because you're going to have cleanup tomorrow. Mm. Mm. I can't get an amen, so I gave you a grunt. Mm. Um. I've done everything I can do. So I'm going to go ahead and get a good night's sleep because tomorrow there's going to be some things I have to do anyway. I might as well be rested. How do you sleep on a stormy night? Let me rephrase it. David, how do you sit down at a worship service? How do you sit down in the presence of God? Well, I want you to consider how God, far God has brought me. I'm just going to sit here for a minute and think about how far God has brought me. Has God brought you a long way? Secondly, I'm going to think of everything God's already done for me. Holy moly. God's been so good to me. I just need to sit here in the presence of the Lord, you know. I used to always run to and fro, to and fro, but I'm a bit older now, you know. I have to take a break. So I'm going to sit here and I'm going to, I'm going to say, Lord, you've done so much for me. And lastly, as I sit here, I'm going to remind myself to celebrate in that God has made me safe. The doctor can say what he wants to say. I'm safe in God. I don't want to get sick, but I'm not living in fear. I'm living in worship. I'm going to sit right here in the house of the Lord, and I'm going to say, I want to say thank you for how safe you have made me. What are you going through? Does it feel awkward to say as a statement of faith in your life, God has made me safe? Does that feel awkward to say, exercise your faith here for a little while today and say, God has made me safe. God has given me a safety that nothing of this world can ever give. Now, in continuation with this whole theme of the blessing that God can give, which is the blessing we want. We don't want blessing at any cost. We want the blessing that God would give. Notice how David prays. Oh, Lord God. Well, let me back up to verse 29. Now, therefore, let it please you to bless the house of your servant that it may continue before you forever. For you, oh, Lord God, have spoken it. Watch this. And with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. What kind of blessing are, are you looking for? I'm looking for God's blessing. With your blessing, Lord, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. I walked a long road to get to this worship service. I know how to fight with the unction of the Lord. I know how to run with the unction of the Lord. I know how to weep and have the Lord with me. I know how to suffer and have the Lord with me. I know how to lead the high-sounding symbol. I know how to organize the orchestra. But in this moment, when God has told me all he has done and is going to do for me, I want to sit down in the presence of the Lord, and I want to say three things. Number one, you brought me a long way. Number two, you've done so much for me. Number three, you've made me safe. I refuse any lie of the destroyer. You've made me safe. I reject any fear of doubt. You have made me safe. To live is Christ. To die is forever with Christ. You have made me safe. And in your presence, I'm not seeking blessing at any cost. I want 
this house to be blessed with your blessing. That's the kind of blessing I want here. What is your blessing? It's a long road to worship. Praise is not so far. But after you've walked with God a little while, you can sit in the presence of God. You see, he knocks at the door. You open the door and he comes in and you make him welcome. You sit down at the table. You bless the bread. He breaks the bread. And as it was in Eden in the cool of the evening, you spend time with the Lord. This was the promise that was held by every generation. Real presence of God. Real access to God. This was the promise. You have all received the promise. Because of the work of Calvary, Christ is with us. The hope of glory. He is God with us. Stand with me all across the house. I don't know what you have come through recently, but I want to say this to you today. God has brought you a long way, and you've seen enough of the goodness of God to be able to speak confidence into your fear. I want to say it to this side of the church. You've seen enough good things from God to be able to speak confidence into the fear. You're able to celebrate where God's brought you from. You're able to celebrate what God's done for you. You're able to celebrate now how safe you are in God. There is nothing that that the enemy can do to you, except God will have weighed it, allowed it for a higher purpose, and gathered you unto himself. There is no destruction. There is no thief. There is no stealing. There is no killing that can oppress you, except God has already weighed in the balance of his promise, and he has pronounced you able to sit in his presence with a heart filled with worship and exalt his name. All across this house right now, would you lift your heart? Would you lift your hand? Would you lift your voice? Oh, God, I want to worship you today for all that you have done for me. I want to worship you today for all that you have done for me. I want to remind myself that you brought me from a long way. I want to remind myself that there was a day when nothing much was expected, but you brought me through every error, every carnality, every almost fail, every sin you brought me through. You didn't give up on me. You could have destroyed me, but you brought me to this moment. And I have such a testimony of how you have kept me. I have a testimony of how you have healed me. I have a testimony of how you have lifted me out of the struggle and the pain and the suffering. And you have set my feet on higher ground. And I have a celebration in my heart till today because I've been made safe in you. 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 I want to do some directed prayer here right now. Just maybe it strikes closer to me than you. Uh, but is there people here who, from time to time, you'll feel as though you are spiritually oppressed and a great dread, a great fear, or a great doom will come on you? Would you raise your hand right now all across the house? I want to pray against that in this house. Thank you guys right here in the middle. Anyone over here? that feeling, that despair, thank you. How about over here, anyone that feeling that, thank you. Lord Jesus, I'm praying right now against that oppressive spirit of fear that comes against these people that are striving to walk with you. They're striving to trade their filthy garments for a wedding garment. 
that only you can give them, Lord Jesus. And the enemy comes in and he fills them with fear and he fills them with despair. He lies to them. He convinces them of uh, unbelieving heart and they feel that they are at the whim of fate and at any moment something bad can happen and that will be the end of this story. Lord, save us from this kind of error. Save us from this kind of absurdity. This is not the life of faith. This is the opposite of faith and help us to begin to celebrate how safe we are in you. Help us to begin to worship in your presence from a place of strength, from a place of trust, from a place of confidence. I know I am safe in you. There's nothing that can come against me that is not first weighed in your hand and you will bring me through even if my life, which will come to an end, even taken from me, I, 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 I have no need to, fulfill, to live in fear of that because I know this life is just the beginning of something greater. God, free us from that testimony of doubt and give us a testimony of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. I know we've already had one altar time, but I, I, I just want to linger here for a moment in the, in the presence of the Lord. And I, I want us to learn how to sleep on a stormy night. <laughs> I want us to learn how to sit down in the presence of God. I want us to learn how to lean back upon the bosom of our Savior, as it were image of the New Testament. I want us to ask ourselves how we're doing with leaning back on the everlasting arms. Sometimes I do good with it. I do. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes the fear comes. Sometimes the go talk to my wife because she's responsible to get me to heaven and if I don't make it y'all should totally blame her and what she does is she re-preaches my messages to me which is the worst thing you can do to a preacher is re-preach a message to him or her because it came out of his or her mouth and therefore you disqualify it because you know all your faults that's why it's really hard to be the Word of God to yourself, which is why you need a pastor in your life, which is why you need mentoring in your life. Beware the person who wants to be a spiritual lone ranger. It's a dangerous road. And so someone else has to put the words back in me. How are you doing leaning on the everlasting arms? You know, both services, the altar have gone, has gone different than I expected. Both services. I... This is a this is a moment. This is a this is a something needs to happen in, in our lives, our our minds, our spirits right now. I want you. I want if you're here with your let, let's 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 do this. If you're with your family, I want you to stay with your family. Okay. If you're with your family, like you're with your spouse, I want you to stay with your spouse. But if you're single, I want you to go find one of your friends in the church. Can you do that right now? I'm making you nervous. I don't even care. You just have to suffer. Step out of the chair you're in. I want you to go find one of your friends in the church, somebody you've talked to. It can be a clump, but there's a group of you that hang out together. You know how that is. All right, go find somebody. I'm scaring you. I know. You say, I don't have any friends. 
I blame you. Just kidding. Don't get mad at me. Go find somebody. Go find. Go ahead. Go go find somebody. That's right. See, that's good. That's good. Go find somebody. I'm making some people so uncomfortable today. I don't even care. If you don't know who to go to, find somebody nearby. Find a brother or sister nearby. Say, all right, I'm going to stand with you right now. Okay? I'm going to stand with you. Are we ready? You ready for this? I just love making people uncomfortable. Actually, I hate it. I'm trying to get better at it. So if you're uncomfortable, that's my progress for the week. Don't even care if you like it. You're with them. Take their hand, put a hand on their shoulder, whatever works for you. Pray God's blessing in their life. Say, God, every good blessing you have for them, I want you to give it in their life. I'm not asking for just blessing of any type. I'm asking for divine blessing in their life. Pray for that person near you right now. Lord Jesus, I'm praying right now for each individual. I'm praying for each individual, Lord Jesus. We seek your blessing. We seek heaven's blessing. We don't seek blessing at any price. We don't want to have money for the sake of money. We're not looking for fame for the sake of fame. All that is lust of the flesh. It creates the negative testimony of the flesh, not the testimony of a transcendental life where we live in faith, but the testimony of the flesh. I'm praying for every good and perfect gift from heaven to flow into my brother's life, flow into my sister's life. I'm praying for every good and perfect gift to flow into their life. I'm praying for their career, their business, their job. Pray with me, church. I'm praying that you would bless them and prosper them in that arena of career, business. If they haven't found their place, Lord, they haven't had a clarity of career, business, job, praying that you would bless them with that good gift from above. It's a good gift. If they haven't found life-giving relationships, they haven't found life-giving relationships, I'm praying you would bless them today with that God-given gift, every good and perfect thing of life-giving relationships. God, help them to quit trying to do life on their own recourse, but to have instead life-giving relationships. Lord, I'm praying that you would give them spiritual insight. I'm praying you'd give them spiritual wisdom. I feel like some of these prayers being prayed here today can almost be prophecy. They can almost be prophecy in somebody's life. I feel that. All right, so most of you are with a friend or a spouse or a family. There may be a few people who you weren't immediately in the area, someone you're close with, or maybe your closest friends weren't here today. Totally understand, it's a human thing. Don't overthink it, it's no big deal. But those of you who are with someone you see regularly, someone you're with, you're with someone you talk to on a regular basis, there's a, I want you to tell them this. Say, I give you permission. Tell them, say, I give you permission. Every time I say how afraid I am, I give you permission.
situation to tell me how safe I am in the promises of God. Everybody in the house who has felt fear this week, I am a voice in your life and I'm saying, I want to celebrate how safe you are in the hands of God. Those of you who are dealing with uncertainty of health conditions, we have some in the church right now, you're dealing with uncertainty of health conditions. We have people like Brother Winston who this week had major surgery for recovering cancer, but it was a tremendous success. The doctors told him they have a very positive report for him after that surgery. We're thankful for that for our Brother Winston. There, there's other people here. There's other people here today who uh, you're living with the uncertainty of a test you're waiting to hear back. I have a doctor's appointment this week. You understand what I'm saying? It's part of life. Sometimes you have good ones, sometimes you have bad ones. Sometimes the doctor, you know, kicks you out, come see me in a year. And sometimes the doctor says, oh, well, I'll get back with you when the lab results come in. I've done both. I want you to know it's much better to be kicked out of the doctor's office than to be sent out with the report of a lab coming in. Trust me. I want to say this to those of you who are living in the tension. I don't know what's next with my health. I want to say this to you today in Jesus' name. I sit down in the presence of God. And I say to you, He brought you from a mighty long way. It's unbelievable what He's done for you. Praise God. What a beautiful day it's been. Our pastoral staff will be down here at the front if any of you wants to come forward for special prayer. Those of you who are considering, you haven't gone through first steps yet, you just want to know where the room is, you want to meet, let's kind of see how we do it. We'll be right over there immediately after service, not teaching it today. We're just meeting, introducing. That'll start next Sunday. Those of you who need to go, you can be dismissed in Jesus' name. Those of you who want to linger in this house, we're a, we're a lingering church. We love to linger. This, this front is open. If you just want to come kneel at the front and spend a few minutes in prayer, that's what we do here. If you want to kneel in your pew, some of us may go around and see you and pray with you, but let's just linger in the house of the Lord today. I know I preached a long time. I'm kind of sorry, but not very. Uh, God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us. Thank you.